You are now tuned in to 3 Plus 1, the podcast. Hello and welcome to the 3 Plus 1 podcast. 3 Plus 1 is a multi-generational podcast that crosses lines with zennial and millennial voices. Political issues, social matters, and popular culture are explored weekly in a segmented format that engages, informs, and sometimes uplifts. The purpose of this book is to allow you to recognize the goddess spirit that you have always possessed. If you picked up this book and thought it would be good, then it definitely is for you. If you are struggling in any area of your life, then you need what is contained within these pages. And I think that we're going to find that a number of our listeners will enjoy what they will find contained in the book, The Bad Bitch Devotional, written by Candice Candy Koo. So hello, everyone, and welcome to Monday's episode of the 3 Plus 1 Podcast. Tazzy, welcome, welcome. What's happening? It's a brand new week, mm-hmm. but we are joined by author Candy Koo. Candy, welcome to the 3 Plus 1 Podcast. We are really excited and happy to have you join us. When I saw that you had written a book with the unique name of... The Bad Bitch Devotional, The 21 Day Rise to Power. I really was intrigued. And so when I picked it up and I started reading through it, I was really impressed by what I saw. And I want to know what motivated you to take the journey to write this book. Um, well, I... I, I mean, you know, just encountering women on a daily basis, you know, and I'm... And to me, women are extremely gentle, you know, and I try to be gentle, but I've always noticed that I kind of rub people the wrong way because I'm not as sensitive as we have grown to be culturally. So I figured I'm like, I need to put something in the book so people can or women can pick it up and be like, okay, let me get my mind right a little bit Mm -hmm. and get my head out of the clouds and take these rose colored glasses off and see things for what they really are from like a different perspective, you know. And so what perspective would that be? The perspective is um, just a just a perspective of power and just a perspective of knowing who you are, what power it is that you possess and how to operate in it. Right. Because a lot of times we give it away because women as women, society has made us feel like, you know, you have to be less than and all that stuff. Can I cuss? You can you can definitely say, uh, Tazzy, can she curse? You can say whatever you want. I'll okay. curse all around. Okay. Yeah, Tazzy's a cursor. I don't. I choose not to. He's a liar? I choose not to use language on the air that okay. is not reflective of my heart. Okay. Well, curse. Oh, my God. I curse. I'm sorry. Didi, because some people are off the air, so don't let him fool you because he wants to be all Mr. High and Mighty. On this goddamn show, I'm a Christian. We know how you. Act. I'm a Christian as well, but I'm gonna cut your ass out too. Were you in church with me Sunday? No, I don't have to be in church with you every Sunday. Were you in church with someone Sunday? Mind your business. Tell the truth, shave the devil. Shave Please continue, of course, can't But you know, and and I feel like that's part of one of the issues, right? You know what I mean? Like you know, it all goes into it, like the black church and everything like that. They got us thinking that we have to be a particular type of a way mm. to get into heaven or to have a relationship with God or to have a relationship with your higher self and even to have a relationship with a man when that's not necessarily true. I feel like, you know, they've put us in this position 
to where everybody is running around lying to themselves about stuff. You know what I'm saying? You got bitches running around wanting to cover themselves up with sweaters and stuff, trying to cover up their chest. I want to be modest for what? What the fuck are you doing? Do, is this what you want to do? Or are you trying to make it seem like you this way to attract somebody? Ooh, you know what I'm saying? Or is this really who you truly are? And if you... Is this how you... Is this what makes you comfortable in your heart? You know what I'm saying? Because I done gone through phases where, you know, I done felt like I had to be that way too, you know? And it, I felt it, it's depressing when you stifle yourself, which means the person that you have within your soul, your spirit, whatever you may call it, Kai, whatever. When you stifle that voice and who you are and you're now operating out of the realm where I have to do this and, you know, following some type of rule or something like that. That's where I feel like depression and stuff like that sets in. So this is a book for you know, people probably struggling in the area where they don't know who they are. And if they do know who they are, they may not know how to go about projecting that outside of themselves without feeling like they're going to offend somebody because you're not going to offend nobody. And if you offend somebody, fuck them. It's just that simple. Tansy, what are your thoughts? I like the concept because I, I completely agree. There are so many women out there that are trying to fit this mold or live in this fake-ass life thinking that's the only way to catch a man, that's the only way to get into heaven and all these things. Well, they say God made you in his image, so I'm going to be exactly who I'm supposed to be. And like you said, if somebody feels offended, fuck them. They're not meant to be in your life. Move forward. But don't try to force yourself to be something that you aren't in order to try to be accepted by people who probably don't give a damn about what you think or who you are anyway. And you're right. That's how depression sets in because the bitches that be trying to do the most to be modest and all of this and it doesn't come naturally to them. They do the worst. They they hate themselves. They're, they're miserable. Yeah. At least, with, at least with another person, you know, like me or something like that, you know what you're getting. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's just like, you know... The, the dude that's real mannerable that you need and he's so nice and opening up all the doors and all that shit but in reality he'll fuck around and slam you harder than a dude coming from the street who gonna tell you who he is right when you had to literally uncover layers and layers and layers of and do tests and all this type of stuff to get to the nitty-gritty of who this quote-unquote nice guy is when you got this other dude who just coming and wearing all his shit on his sleeve like listen Mm -hmm. this is who i am i don't have nothing to hide i accept myself right so that means it's easier to accept other people when you accept yourself so i think that you guys have hit on a number of really great things the first thing i want to talk about is that how do you get to the point in your journey to where you even know that you're ready for this because there's so many people black men black women and women and men in general who are not at a point of self-awareness where they are even prepared to start to unpack who they are and why they are that way so how do you even know if you're ready for something like the bad be devotional I feel like it's 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 kind of like a natural evolution, right? You know, you'll 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 know when you are ready for something like this because your ears and your heart may not be too sensitive and you're seeing things for what they are versus the way you want them to be. You know, because we get into this mindset a lot of times where we we feel like, you know, people are supposed to be this, this, this way and this, this and that way. And you're supposed to operate in integrity, respect and morality and all that stuff. And I feel that same way, too, because I like to conduct myself that way as well. But the reality is everybody does not do that. And you have to acknowledge that you have to acknowledge that or otherwise you just gonna let people run over you because you'll feel like, you know, 
well, you know, I'm pretty sure they didn't mean it that way. And guess the fuck they did. They meant it exactly the way that it came out. You saw exactly what you needed to see. You hearing exactly what you need to hear. If you dating some guy and he talking about, you know, I'm just, you know, I think it's best that we just be friends. He's basically saying, I don't want you. Don't think you can convince him to not to change his mind and eventually he'll wake up and want to marry you. No, he determined that a long time ago. That's why he's telling you, I don't want you. It's on you whether or not you believe it. If but, you don't want me, then don't talk to me. That's not what they're going to do, though. They're going to continue to talk to they you. They will. The, the guy, so you're saying that the men will still continue to talk to you even if they don't want you. Hell yeah. Why? As long as you're making yourself available, a nigga don't want you. Know, know. Especially if you have a woman who does not know who she is and who doesn't know what she wants. Because, you know, you get a lot of women who lie about what they want. Like, oh, I don't want nothing serious neither. When in reality, you do. Because they think they can change a nigga's mind. Yeah, they think they can change his mind by like maybe cooking some food, making his plate, you know, going over, folding his clothes. That's, like that. that's true. You she got lying. Because women do shit like that because I've encountered guys here who will try to get me to do shit like that. And I don't do that type of stuff with people that I'm not in a committed relationship with. I don't do friend zone. I don't do none of that shit because I know what it is that I want and I know what it is that I bring to the table. Ain't nobody that important to me to where I would feel like I need to change your mind after you done told me you don't want nothing with me. I would be, I would just be looking at myself like, girl, how could you let him tell you that he's only interested in being a friend and you go along with it and that's not what you want? I got to go for what I want. You know what I mean? So, you know, I've read through the book and I've highlighted some parts. Tazzy's read through the book. She's highlighted (laughs) some parts. And so one thing that I think is relevant to everybody, no matter who you are, male, female, black, white, other, anything, I think this is so relevant when you say nobody cares about your life the way that you should care about your life. Right. And that's a universal truth. Even, even just in this interview thus far, you're hitting us with some really harsh truths. And you're really laying out some things that people may not want to see or acknowledge. Right. How did you come to a point in your life that you were able to acknowledge these really hard truths about dating, relationships, and who you are, Candy? From... Being in situations where I didn't get what I want and thinking that being the nice, accepting person that I was eventually going to get what I want when I never got what I wanted. So I learned that in order to have what I want, first of all, number one, I need to know what I want and I need to be honest with myself about what it is that I want. Number two, I have to ensure that the other person, whoever it is that I'm dealing with, that they want the same thing. And number three, if they don't want the same thing, I have to make a decision based upon my own selfish needs and say, listen, this is what I want. And if you don't want it, then you can go on somewhere. And so that takes a lot of discipline. Yeah. To be able to focus in on what you want and deny yourself things that may be counterproductive or counter uh, counter to what your goals are. Right. And so how do you have that discipline? What do you do to practice that discipline or to continue that discipline? I, you know, I make sure I read my devotional every day because, you know, women, we naturally are gentle people, gentle, emotional and stuff like that. So I make sure that I read this to keep me grounded because I, you know, otherwise I'll be floating everywhere. So I read this to keep me grounded. I see the world for what it is and I have to maintain a certain level of confidence within myself to say, this is what I want to only go for that. And so that may mean if, if, if somebody, you know, if I 
ask a roundabout question to a guy trying to get around to the point of finding out whether or not he's cheated in a previous relationship and what made him do that, I have to be woman enough to say, okay, well, you're not for me if you've done something like that before because that means you lack integrity and honesty. So we're going to go ahead and cut it off or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Because that'll let people know, I feel, that'll let the male know, like, oh, well, you know, because they tell us so many things. You know, people tell us so many things, and it's on you whether or not you want to take that information and say, okay, I'm going to go ahead and exit this situation, or I'm going to go ahead and stay here and see if I can help you out a little bit. You know what I'm saying? You can kind of have that selfish need to where you can say, okay, I'm going to exit this situation because you need to help yourself because they're giving you an opportunity to decide because mm. they're going to always say, you knew who I was when you met me. Mm. They're going to always bring that back up. But don't you think that people can change, that these men are able to change? So, you you know, you may meet a man who has cheated in a previous relationship, but he has now grown and he has now evolved. Does he, just because he cheated in a previous relationship, not deserve a chance with you? No, he doesn't. So, if, but I say that because, I say that because if he cheated and he think that it's funny, the simple fact that he cheated on somebody before and he has the audacity to let me know that he did that, he's letting me know, listen, bitch, I cheat. So it's on you whether or not you want to roll with this. And I can say, you know what? I don't think it's going to... And I actually will tell them, you know what? I don't think it's going to work out between me and you. Because I don't know, though. Okay, yeah, so this, you, this listen, is... A, I think this is a thing for some pushback. <laughs> But it because does give them the opportunity. It does right. give them the opportunity to open up the conversation, right? When you tell them, you don't just go somebody and say, "I'm a backup," because they don't even know why. Right. You need to let them know. Okay, I don't think that we're compatible. But everyone, but somebody, does, I don't even think it's mistakes. At the end of the day, I truly believe niggas know who they can try and who they can't try. Right. Like he could have been dating a bit where it was like, I know I can cheat on her. She's not going nowhere. Blah blah blah. Like. I, I hate to say it, but there are a lot of women that settle and they allow niggas to know that, like, I'm not going anywhere, even if you do cheat. It might be low self-esteem. It might be whatever. So you know who you can play with and who you can't play with. Right. So he can come across another woman and be like, well, I did cheat in a previous relationship, blah, blah, blah. But he can see in that woman, like, if I care about this woman and I know I can't play with her like I played with the last girl... It, he might value that relationship a lot more and not even cross those lines. So how you going to test that? You don't test it. You, if you, you don't cheat, test it? Th- how, you, how do you test it to know if somebody's going to cheat You can you? cut them off. You can tell them, listen, I don't think that we're going to be very compatible. Because, and he may say, and if he hits you back with the, so why do you think that? Because he's naturally going to do that. You can say, well, you told me that you had some infidelity in your past relationship and I feel like your loyalty may be in question. Mm. And that's going to open up the conversation to say, for him to say, well, you know, I cheated. And that's when you can listen to him and hear whether or not he takes responsibility for the role that he played in it, why he did it, and all that kind of stuff. You can't just... But you're saying, regardless of if he takes responsibility or not, you're done because he's cheated before, right? I'm going to be done at that moment. Right. It's, it's a way that you... So what's the point of having the conversation anymore if you find out he cheated? There's no reason for him to explain like if he takes responsibility, right? If he takes responsibility, that demonstrates that he's grown enough to where he's not going to be pushing everything off on you when he cheat on you. Because he's going to cheat on you eventually. Everybody has mistakes. Mm-hmm. Every, everybody does that. 
So, but he needs to be able to acknowledge I was wrong in a situation. He needs to be able to talk it out and say, this, I did, I felt like I wasn't getting X, Y, and Z. And the reason why I cheated was because I was feeling a little bit insecure in that moment. You know what I'm saying? She caught me in a moment of vulnerability and I fucked up and I slipped up and I apologized and, and, and I'm never going to do that again. And, but if he says something like, well, you know, she wasn't cooking and she wasn't cleaning and she stopped doing her hair and she had got all fat and sloppy, that lets you know, okay, you could kiss my ass. So you have to be able to cut it off completely. You can't. Wow. You, you have to. You can't just say, um, you know, you can't hear somebody tell you. That's basically him saying, listen, I'm not shit. How you feel about that? And you're like, oh, huh? okay, maybe you won't do that to me. But he's he gonna be looking 20, like a thirty year old nigga is not the same as a twenty year old man. Exactly, you know he's saying? grown, he's evolved. But he has to be able to explain that to you, and that's what I'm saying. If he like you, and mm. you and you really putting yourself forward in your personality, he's not gonna want to lose that. So when you say I'm cutting this off. He's gonna want to know why. What can I do to make this better? How do I how do I solidify this situation with this girl? How do I be everything? And she that's what I was my point. Be. I was making. If he likes you and he sees like okay, I can't play with her. Yeah, I don't and think you, he's gonna cross that boundary. But I'm saying like not to play with you're you. You're saying regardless, he's if he's cheated, you're not dealing with him at all, right? I'm not dealing with. I'm I'm gonna cut it short. It's just a part of what I do, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm gonna cut it short, and so I'm gonna, no forgiveness, like. At tw- if he cheated at 20 no, and you meet him at 30. I'm saying, I don't know if you heard everything I said before this, but I'm saying like, I will cut it short mm-hmm. right there. Right, yeah. And, you're and say, she's him, saying I'm, you're going to cut it short, yeah. but then you'll give him a chance. So, still, so you end it. Without even telling him why. Because you gotta why. let him know you ain't no game. Yeah, and, and so you, then he's yeah. gonna come back, and if he comes back, if he doesn't come back, it's over. Okay, if I he comes back, then you're going to let him know yeah, why you cut him off. How he handled the cut yeah, off. and yeah. then yeah. if he comes back to want to see why, you will tell him why. Then he must undergo a process of apologizing and really showing you that he's serious about the atonement of what he's not doing. necessarily apologizing because he didn't offend me. I just want him to come with real solid information right. as to why he did it and how he's never going to do it again. And he want to develop trust between us two. You know what okay. I'm saying? Because I feel like a, the past behavior is right. kind of a predictor of the future behavior. But I'm not saying, you know, cut him off completely. But that's a you can that's like a multi-layer kind of test you can right. give him. Because you can find out whether or not he takes responsibility for stuff. Mm-hmm. You can find out how he that's feels about you. Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of guys will get bitter after you cut him off. And they may get kind of violent with you when you didn't even know they had that side. Ooh. And it's not revealed until... You say, I don't want to talk to you no more. And if he say, fuck you, bitch, you ain't all that anyway, then you can say, okay. Do he say that? I mean, oh, you may yeah, have. That's crazy. You may have somebody. But one of your points way. in here is him owning his shit. So yeah, you, you have a in your shit. book where you say, own whatever situation that you are in. If you're dealing with a bum who only comes around during income tax season, <laughs> oh own that shit. Yeah, if your yeah. baby daddy doesn't want to be with you, own that shit. If your man is constantly cheating on you, own that shit. If your boss is an asshole, own that shit. If you let some dude who told you he loved you move in with you but never give you any type of commitment, own that shit. If you have a friend who is a closet hater, own that shit. There is true power in ownership. You cannot walk around making excuses for everybody because you are giving away your power to be greater. You have to own every situation that you are in so that you can make the changes that are necessary. Yeah. Today will be 
today you will own all of your shit and tell yourself to that honest truth about everything. I love that passage because a lot of people do not own their shit. They're in denial about situations they're in. They're in denial about the circumstances that they're accepting in their lives. And then they don't understand why they feel like their life is so shitty because you're not owning the bullshit that you're putting up with. Right. And once you own it and accept it, then you can start making some fucking changes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You definitely can start making changes. But, you know, I feel like that's important because, you know, we may have people around who may be some bullshit and we are like making all types of excuses. Excuses! You know, like You're you trying to have excuses. a boss that's just, that's just kind of offensive. Like, well, the numbers aren't that good and da-da-da-da-da and da-da-da-da-da. You know, and then if, if you're looking at your stuff and you're telling him, you know what I'm saying, to prove what he's saying is true and you look at the stuff and come to find out it's not really true, then you can say, okay, well, this motherfucker need to kiss my ass because he on some bullshit. You have to be able to acknowledge mm-hmm. that. Yes. If he, if they trying to play you at your job, like you need to do X, Y, and Z to demonstrate why you need this promotion. Are they trying to get free labor up out of you mm-hmm. and keep you in that same position? Or are they really demonstrating that they're going to give you that promotion? You know what I'm saying? If you got a dude and you calling him and he ain't never answering the phone and he calling you back the next day and this is pretty consistent and he's not taking you out a couple times a week, you need to own that. So you can go ahead and say, listen, this is not the way I want to be treated. We need to step it up a little bit or we're going to have to end this, you know? So we're definitely going to... I have a, a number of questions for you regarding your dating life and regarding, you know, how you have addressed and dealt with men and how men have responded back to some of the things that you said. And we're going to talk about that on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. But while we're here, looking at Monday, we had a pretty full week last week of news, including... The third Democratic debate. Um, Tazzy, what were your thoughts on Tuesday's, I mean, on, on um, last Thursday night's debate? Uh, my favorite part of the debate, you don't know what my favorite part was? When Biden got booed and the people were yelling while he was talking. They, they were booing Biden and President Obama, though. They were booing President Obama as well. Those were dreamers who were fighting and angry about uh, the number of immigrants who had been removed from the country under the Obama administration. So they weren't really just booing Biden. It was much more of an indictment against President Obama and his policies. Well, they did it during Biden, and they shouldn't be talking... I mean, Biden shouldn't be able to talk anyway after his comment that we talked about on a few episodes back about him comparing um, poor children to white children, and we knew what that was code for. So he shouldn't have been up there in the first place. But I watched part of it because my father is very heavy into politics, and I went by my parents' house the day of the debate, and so he had it on every single TV in the house so that everybody was forced to watch. Well, definite uh, shout-out to your dad. I wish that you would have been watching it, watching the show because <laughs> you are on this podcast. I was! And we talk about issues that are relevant to millennials. I'm really concerned about our millennial listeners and millennials in general because we need them to vote. And to be active, so much so that Andrew Yang, presidential candidate, uh, said that he was going to give out uh, thousands of dollars. A thousand dollars a month to, to incentivize, right, people to give and be involved and to be right. civically um, vested. Where he going to get it from? I don't know. Well, he's rich. You know, he's a tech <laughs> giant, and I'm sure it's probably his own, you know, money that he's going to invest. Candy, were you able to catch any of the debates? Well, I've caught, um, I didn't catch this debate, but I did catch the one before this. Do you have a candidate that is winning your heart? It's a, I can't even think of the guy's name. I knew you were going to ask me that. It's a billionaire who's running, who I like. 
I like the things that he... That's probably Andrew Yang. No, it wasn't no. the Asian guy because he throws around the fact that he's Asian in everything. Like, I'm Asian, so I know good math. I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> he, did, he did. He did. He did that really last night. That. He no, literally... Yeah, he literally said that... You know, I'm Asian, so I know a lot of doctors. When he yeah. was asked about universal health care. Yeah, he's so. trying to pray. I feel like that's kind of like, that's kind of saying, you're so stupid. You think that I know that I know good math because I'm Asian. So he's, you know, praying on that. You know what I mean? And I don't like nobody talking to me like I'm that's stupid. That's funny as hell. But I don't like Biden because he's used the N-word several times. You know, last night it was a really great point. I forgot who brought it up and who really hit him hard. I, I, I'm not certain who it was, but I think it was it was actually Bernie Sanders. In the past, uh, there was actually, no, it was the commentator where there was an actual quote from Vice President Biden saying that he would never take responsibility for slavery and what happened to African Americans and that he was very opposed to reparations. And he said this back, I think, in the 70s, maybe the 80s, when he made that comment. He said that he has since changed his position, although he didn't really come out very strongly and say it. But definitely a lot of his, what could be seen as definitely racially insensitive comments are certainly coming back to haunt him in this particular election. Many people did say that, you know, after reading through all of the commentary, that President, I mean, Vice President Biden definitely did the best in this debate of the three debates that have been held thus far. But in my eyes, he did not do anything to redeem himself or to regain my trust in him as a right. candidate. Many right. people were also really disappointed in Julian Castro, who is one of my favorite candidates, one of my mm-hmm. top three candidates, because they accused him of attacking Joe Biden with ageism by saying that he was forgetting what he was saying and he was inaccurate. <laughs> Personally, I didn't disagree with him at all. I feel like uh, it is a fact to me that Vice President Biden isn't as very isn't as coherent as he should be, not because of his age and that he may be forgetful due to age, just because of the fact that he may be, you know, mentally less competent than some of the other candidates. Mm-hmm. So I'm still was I was still very impressed with Julian Castro, very impressed with Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, and I was also good. impressed with Kamala Harris last night. And she like has her. not impressed me thus far. Not a fan. So let's talk about this as two black women. Uh, you're both saying that you're not a fan of Kamala Harris. Why are you guys not supporting Kamala Harris? What has Kamala Harris done to not win your vote? I mean, all of the news and reports and the data against her about how frequently she locks up black men and how she that was her platform in California and how she got elected and all of that just rubs me the wrong way. Um, and I truly think it's what's crazy is I think she does a lot of stuff. She doesn't even have to do stuff to prove that she's down with black people, but it's like she still goes out there and does stuff to make it be like, oh, I'm still down with the brothers and sisters type of thing. Like, girl, we know you're black. Like, you don't have to do all of this. Like, unless you feel it's necessary. Yeah, and I think she feels it's necessary, which makes me feel like she knows something. It's not. It's not genuine at all, and it's just like. Ah, uh, she just runs me the wrong, the wrong way, and I hate it because I'm like, I want to be like, yes, to this black woman, but it's something about this one. I think it's so. You bring back up a point, Tazzy, of contention that we've constantly talked about because you also were anti Hillary Clinton because you felt that because like you were, and, yep, and I'm sure probably the same reason. But there are black men who are criminals in the world. There are black men in California. <laughs> we know that. 
who were gang members who sold drugs, who ruined communities and brought down entire communities with the drug trade. They, they were there. And Kamala Harris spoke against those people. I locked up she a bunch wa- of black men. She, wanted, she didn't say I locked up a bunch of black men. I don't think she ever said I locked up a bunch of black people. Of course people. she hasn't said what that. What she said was I locked up a but lot Hillary of criminals. Said she predators. did her job. Predators. Thank you. Super predators. They were super he predators loves, in their community. They, those men <laughs> who were parts, who were in gangs, who sold drugs, who killed other black men and women and children and drive-bys and any other number of incidents, they were super predators in their community. And when they were put behind bars, those communities were made better places and people's lives were changed because they were able to move beyond that person who was toxic. Those are the exact same men that you're talking against, but yet and still because because she did her job as a prosecutor, you're holding it against her. Okay. And so is most of black America. I don't understand. What is your reason for not fooling with Kamala? Um, I don't. Wasn't she a federal prosecutor? Yes. I don't like any type of federal prosecutors or anything like that because I feel like um, those the sentencing guidelines are draconian. I mean, yeah. But what can she do, or what can any of them do to change that? If in that role, you have to go through that process to then become a judge or become some other piece of the political or judicial process in order to change it. Because to be a federal (laughs) prosecutor, I mean, it's they the feds, and I'm and I can speak from this from my own experience because I've had you know mates who have dealt with the federal system. So I don't like the way that they do things. So I'm very sensitive about that. I'm from the inner city. I grew up around street people. You know, my mom was like that. You know, I was like that. I come from that. I come from that world, you know, and it's not all the time where you meet people who they come out and they're able to better their lives and they're able to do something and to be able to give back to their community and show a positive influence. Like, listen, I I come from here and I'm trying to do better and I'm doing better and I'm trying to give back now. You don't meet a lot of people like that. And I feel like the problems are more socioeconomic versus just that particular individual. It's a lot of things that go into why they do the things that they do. But when you're growing up in the hood, we don't feel like the local drug drug the local dope man is a super predator. We feel like, you know, Unc give us money every time we go to the store. He always coming over here sitting mm-hmm. us down, t- talking to us about what we need to be doing with our lives. He's showing us, he's telling us what we need to do to make these dudes that claim they love us invest in us. He's they showing us the way on how to get things done in our community. You know what I'm but saying? But would Kamala Harris have been able to identify first and foremost with Unc who sold drugs? I just don't like her. Because that's like not anybody. her life. That wasn't her life. That and wasn't her background. I don't I don't right? I can't relate. I can't relate to her. I I can't I, I can't relate to her. I don't I'm mm-hmm. not about to ever, ever vote for a federal prosecutor to be in office. I'm never gonna do that. I don't care what color your skin is I don't. Tazzy, why are you it. laughing? I'm not doing I it. I can't believe this. Why are you laughing? <laughs> because you. <laughs> you are so annoying. Why did you sit over there and say, is Kamala Harris able to identify she can. the She own? can't identify with that because that's not her life. Kamala right, Harris grew up. She probably grew up, grew up around in a suburb. Kamala Harris is of mixed heritage. 
Uh, oh, she's married to her. I think her father is black. Her mother is uh, in like from India. I knew she was married to a white man. And she is married to a white man. Um, and I think that which I, is I, fine. My my yeah. my whole hang up is the federal prosecutor right part. part. Their their right. law. They're, yeah. the way I'm, they not, I'm not. I'm not. The I, they, they should it, be it, the the things that they do. Those feds should be illegal. Mm-hmm. They should not be able to bring paid witnesses against people to make these people, to scare these guys into pleading guilty. Mm. There's a number of injustices, and I agree with you, yeah, but what I'm saying that. is how else can it change? Um, and Kamala, and I'm not advocating for okay. Kamala. She has not won any support from me. But what I'm saying is what Kamala says is that she knows the system. She knows how the system has worked. She knows how the system has gone wrong, and she is the best qualified person to transform the system. Has she I, ever mm-hmm. stood up and tried to transform it? Because I've... I, I, I think that her journey to get to where she is now is a part of that process and I have not looked into but her but she had she, I know uh-huh. she probably had a lot of opportunities to stand up when she was in what she was in I would only been in my job 18 months and I done had to stand up several times that bitch could have stand up at least once or twice so that's something for us to research you know and to look and do yeah. more digging she, into yeah, Kamala's uh, heritage and her background no and disrespect in terms of her work. Kamala yeah <laughs> you know but but I know that, like, I think about, and I understand what you're saying. I completely do about how, what society portrayed people to be who may have sold drugs to survive is not the whole story of who they are. And I agree with that. I completely understand it and I completely identify with that piece of it. But at the end of the day, the bottom line is a drug dealer typically in the black community preyed upon the black community and that's the concern and the problem Mm -hmm. that is not so much happening in every situation right now because when you go on the bluff you see a lot of people on the bluff who don't live on the bluff and they come from completely part other parts and that's causing America to freak out because of the opioid crisis and that's the Which number I one. Which I come from the city where it's number one. Where it's number one. And so I say that to say in that day and age I, there's nothing that could have made there's nothing that can make me empathize with drug dealers who brought down their own communities because their clients were other black people. Right. Their clients were mothers of children who they, you know, and those parents, you know, lost so much and they didn't have to happen had they not been introduced to those drugs. And those drug dealers had to get those sales to survive. And I understand that. But the taxation and the impact on the black community was decades long damage that we are just now digging out of. And thank God we are. And I can't say that she was wrong for doing her job. I just can't. I'm not supporting yeah. her because of her politics, but I can't say that Kamala. Yeah, and she was she's wrong. coming from the city where they had the crack epidemic hit first. L.A. Hard. Absolutely, absolutely. South Central. So, in addition to uh, the debate, uh, I think that you know we can move on. We had a big week last week where uh, President Trump was labeled a. Pussy ass bitch. By Chrissy <laughs> Teigen, uh, after he referred to her as John Legend's filthy mouth wife, um, in a series of tweets, uh, he was saying that he was disappointed and, and angry that she was well, that John Legend, who he called a boring singer, did not come out in support of his work to reform <laughs> prisons uh, in the way that Kanye West and his wife Kim Kardashian West did. And you know, after calling her filthy mouth, uh, she came back and she tweeted out. Specifically, LOL, what a 
Pussy ass bitch. Tag everyone but me and honor Mr. President. What did you guys think about this? <laughs> First of all, I didn't know he called John Legend boring. He said, guys, quote, guys like boring musician John Legend and his filthy mouth wife are talking now about how great it is. But I didn't see them around when we needed help getting it passed. Well, I like John Legend simply because he's from near my hometown, Dayton, Ohio. He's from Springfield, so I support him. He... I think he was he came out for the um, mass shooting, you know, when when the mass shooting and everything went down. He came out to support Kanye West did the Sunday service there. Dave Chappelle orchestrated everything. So it was really nice. So I like I like John Legend, but that, Donald Trump be doing stuff to just get a rise out of people. Yeah. I feel like he's just he's just so controversial and you know, ain't nobody ever said, I bet it was a good time to hang out with John. Just be honest. <laughs> ain't nobody ever said, I bet you. So you think he's boring? <laughs> he might be a little boring. He do look kind of boring. But you know, it's it's cool. You know what I'm saying? That, that don't mean I don't like him as a person. You know? So, Dazzy, what are your thoughts? Oh, I don't really care about Chrissy Teigen. So you, you're not a fan? Nope. Why? I feel like there's a whole section of Twitter that thinks Chrissy Teigen is like fucking Malcolm X just because she tweets craziness to Donald Trump. Um, I know earlier on that we were talking about it before we got on the show, you were like, I like Chrissy. I think she's risking a lot going back and forth. She's not risking shit. Chrissy Teigen comes from money. She's not risking anything. It's not like she worked to get where she's at. She came from money, and because she came from money, she was in circles with people with money, and that's how she met her husband who worked to make his money. Chrissy ain't risking shit. She's just a rich girl that just does whatever the fuck she wants. So, of course, she says outrageous shit. No, she's not fucking Twitter Malcolm X. No, I'm not over here like, yes, Chrissy, call him a pussy-ass bitch. I fuck with you. Oh, Chrissy Teigen can shut the fuck up. You know, I don't. I don't, I don't agree. You know, I know. I don't agree. Don't. And let me tell you yeah, why. I like how she said that. You know, I, I have to say because Chrissy. there are a lot of celebrities that we give a lot of credibility she's to. She's not. And in no way am I she's taking. John Legend's wife. She I'm wasn't not, a celebrity and before I'm she not, got with John Legend. I, that I can't. So she didn't work she for her celebrity. Has had a. She didn't work for her celebrity. Very lengthy career as a model. Modeling what? Chrissy Teigen. No ass. What she was wearing? What was she wearing? Chrissy Teigen was no, a Victoria's like, Secret model. She is no not way. a cross. Yeah, no that's what way. she's famous for. So being you a model. Have ass? No, I think you have to have something back there. It's literally like slumped in. It's negative. Like she has negative. It don't matter. It's ass. bitches out here with not have asses still in. No, still them Victoria's Secret models have at least something right. there. There's Chrissy Teigen was a noted John model. John Legend got more ass than Chrissy. Well, go ahead. Chrissy Teigen was a she noted was modeling? model. Modeling? Oh, yes. No. She but came from before she married John Legend, she was modeling. But Ooh, didn't but know that. and she still models, and she also has a role. She I think she had a talk show. But this is what I think is a point in why people on Twitter and why I also support her and endorse her. Because she's doing a whole lot more to talk against President Trump than a number of celebrities that we hold up in very high regard. Right. People out here are praising. Right. And I mean, I hate to point out and say and talk about uh, one of my favorites, uh, Beyonce. But when has Beyonce come out and used her celebrity in defense of issues? 
against the current president to inform young people and all her millions of beehives to mobilize them to get out, vote, and have a civic-minded responsibility. That is what she needs to do, especially now. I think she needs to make it a big platform right now, especially as her husband is handing over lots of gains to the NFL and to people who vividly support President Trump. And I heard his philanthropy was in question because he's... It um, should be. He's donating money. And we talked about that last yes. Candy, yeah. listen to last week's podcast because we addressed <laughs> it last week. He absolutely uh, put money into the All Lives Matter campaign yeah. for police officers. So, again, to me, Chrissy Teigen is doing a whole lot more than a lot of people, and it is putting her celebrity status in jeopardy. President Trump can send out a tweet and change and block people from getting into other countries that are actual, have relatives in that country, as we saw with Representative Omar. Mm -hmm. So, again, she's risking a whole lot, and I don't think we can downplay it. What is she risking? Her celebrity status and her standing oh in this in, as a celebrity in this country and her whole entire her ability to make money, whereas other celebrities should be doing the exact same thing, but they're not. They're sitting back, letting, saying, it ain't my problem, it's not my yeah. concern, because I'm still going to be good at the yeah, end of the yeah. day. So I applaud Chrissy, and, and I agree that sure. President Trump is a... Jackass. Pussy-ass bitch. So... Well, you know, moving on from President Pab, uh, you know, I think that we'll call, I think I might refer to him for, to, as President Pab for the rest of the month. Moving from President Pab, we go now to Apple's big announcement, and did it excite anybody in this room? Uh-uh. It yeah. ain't nothing different than what Crickets. they normally announce. Just a new camera, huh? Three cameras. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I hate Apple. Now, I am... Yeah. And yeah, that's I, and so I had, and this is, you, you know, I hope Apple can hear this. I'm sure they can. <laughs> because I, I have been an Apple iPhone user since iPhone number one. I bought the iPhone one. I bought the iPhone two. I bought the iPhone three. I bought the iPhone four. I went up to six. Then I went to eight. Then I went to 10. That's about 15000 right there. A whole lot of phone. money. Oof. I bought the iPhone 10 on the day it came out because it was my birthday. I was in Toronto celebrating my birthday, but got my butt up, got in the lines in Toronto to get my phone. I had already booked my trip before the phone was announced. How wealthy of you. And so I no have wealth. a true, <laughs> that is not wealth or privilege. Uh, I have been a true iPhone fan for a very long time, but I'm so disappointed in how they continuously take advantage yes. of their customers yes. and their loyalists, and they're never making a product that is meant to last or to right. be maintained. They're costing our environment huge, huge amounts of um you know, carbon footprint, it, it, and and they don't care. No. They don't care. And I, that concerns me a great deal. I feel like the new iPhone isn't going to be something that's really going to be revolutionary. I mean, I'm going to buy it. Let me not lie to my <laughs> listeners. I'm going to buy it. I'm not going to buy it when it first comes out. But I am going to buy the phone probably in February of next year, the iPhone 11 Pro Max, just because I do want a better camera. But it's sad because the reality is the camera is probably finally going to catch up to the Samsung Note 10. Like you're finally getting, a, you know, but even then you still might be behind mm-hmm. uh, Samsung. They also talked about Apple TV Plus which will be a part of the package that you're going to get uh, that's going to launch November the 1st. That's going to cost $4.99 per month. So it'll be a little bit below um, Disney Plus and other streaming platforms that are there. But if you have the new Apple product, including their newly uh, announced iPad or laptop or desktop, you're going to get Apple TV for free 
for that first year or maybe more. Uh, is are you guys excited about that at all? Apple TV, oh, not okay. at all. There's a new show coming out with um, Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston called Newsroom that's going to be on Apple TV. Okay. Are you guys excited for either one of them? Not at all. Mm-hmm. Nothing I yet. Mean, they okay. I, I I don't know how their character is. I would have to see the show in order to get excited. Right. They also announced the Apple Watch Series 5 uh, that is going to have an always-on display. Uh, as you see, you know, my phone, Apple Watch, I have to move it for the display to come on. Does that make a difference either? What I series don't do you have? have? Watch. Uh, four. Watch. I just Same. I have four, too. Are you going to get a five? Hell no. Not at all. And I, I won't be getting a new Apple Watch, nor will no. I be getting the phone right away. And I'm definitely not getting a new iPad. But I will get the phone, you know, probably a little bit, a little bit later. Apple has turned everybody into serious business people. God, that's how you're looking important as a motherfucker. Like, yeah, I, I'm so important. I have to have my shit on my wrist. Listen, I got to have it on my wrist. I literally be tapping through, checking everything. So, you know, this is a good, I think, a great time to kind of wrap up and, and get ready to move on. Um, you know, I'm excited, Candy, to talk further about your personal relationship and your personal life and really delve a little bit deeper. And we'll talk about that a little bit more, I guess, on tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And Tazzy, uh, you know, wrap us up. Is there has there been anything great that you've seen this week? Anything that has just in the past week that's really been motivational, inspiring, or anything great to talk about? Well, actually, I had a meeting with a friend of mine from high school um, yesterday. Shout out to Asiami, and she's doing great. Um, you all should follow her on Instagram. She's Instagram famous and gorgeous. But we had a really great production. Yeah, what is her Instagram? It is a great Instagram page. Asiami underscore gold. Uh, Asi is spelled A S I Y A M I. She's such an amazing. Gold. Yes. entrepreneur so check out her page um and go follow her but we basically spent the day together and just you know poured into each other a lot of like you know sometimes you just have to meet up with old friends and basically nurture each other and pour into each other and talk and relieve some stress and write down your goals and aspirations and things and put together plans and that's exactly what we did and it was just a beautiful day so that was something that was definitely a highlight of my week what about you candy um i had a good week um coming on to the podcast has actually been great so thank you all for inviting me it's such a honor and pleasure to be here Uh, but i haven't had anything spectacular happen this week that i can actually remember well, you know, so you for, you forgot? It you blacked out? You probably wasn't that important. <laughs> it wasn't that important. So we are excited. Join us tomorrow when we are going to go into part two of our great interview with Candy Koo. Talk to you guys soon.